Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today, I welcome guest Scott Popularum, State House Legislator for North Carolina, and we're going to discuss the importance of God in government. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Leah. Doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. Woo! I tell you the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm just been running. Running that political race? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking dressed up. You know this is a podcast, right? Nobody's going to see you. It's like radio. <laughs> they're going to they're only going to hear you. I went and put on a new shirt and everything, Leah. Yeah, you didn't even have to brush your hair today. <laughs> I had a hat on and I had to work at it, believe me. <laughs> I totally get it. Just recently I was on my friend's YouTube channel and she interviewed me and I was wearing my pajamas and I thought it was a podcast like it really wouldn't matter what I was wearing. <laughs> so now the world can see me in my Cherry J Crew pajamas. Oh yes. <laughs> so how is everything going for you? November's coming up. It's going well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of good things are happening. Things are speeding up, moving faster and faster. People are a lot more excited. Good, good. A lot of people are praying for you. In fact, that's how we met. We met at an open air gathering, kind of a church service downtown, and a lot of people were praying over you, and you were sharing your story and how God opened up the doors for you to start Bible clubs and public schools, which I love. Tell us more. Yeah. Um, so uh, <clears throat> my kids, we, we, they were in private schools, and in the third grade, my little girl went to public school. And uh, she would come home with stories uh, of what was going on in the classroom. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. It was like she was in this R-rated movie. So I knew that um, I needed to do something, but, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what can you do? Um, so I started to uh, work with the PTA a little bit and see about some kind of place for the kids to vent, you know, to do different activities or something just to, to, to get out, you know, a little bit of their of the zones that they were in where they are experiencing um you know maybe not the best life but it's it's really it's really difficult to do stuff like that and then um I realized that the faith in my daughter's life was a very it was it's foundational for her and so I thought well I can put Bible clubs in the public schools. So um we went in right away in uh Wake County and we did Avis Pearl Elementary where my son and my daughter went to school. And then we went into um, Garnel Middle Magnet School. Um, that's what, that was a middle school when we ran there for two years. And then in Vance County, it, they had the uh, highest high school dropout rate and the second highest teen pregnancy rate. And they would fluctuate between having the highest uh, crime rate per capita, you know, and not. But it was it was a pretty wild place. Wow. So I just, I felt like, you know, if we we're going to do this, that would be a, a place to go. And so, um, I went over there and they told me that I, I couldn't get in. Uh, it was just, you know, it's crazy to even ask. So I went back again. Wow. They actually told you that it was too crazy to even ask. Well, we know that's when God steps in when it looks too crazy. That's exactly right. I mean, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, they told me this, you know, the, the laws between, uh, church and state, you know, you can't do that. And I, but I knew the laws and, and I knew that, that them telling me that I couldn't was breaking the law. And so, um, I went back a third time and they, they just couldn't believe that I'd come back. And I said, well, let's fill out the paperwork. So I filled out the paperwork and I got a denial. So everything was documented. So then I could take a petition. And so I guess, um, through the course of three, four, maybe five months, you know, I was just running around, 
talking to anybody that would listen to me about, you know, signing the petition and getting these clubs into the schools. And so I got the petition together and went to a uh, school board meeting and showed them the petition. And then they let us in. And uh, the first year was really bad. They wouldn't let us um, put out any flyers or advertise or anything like that, um, where they would let the other uh, clubs advertise what they were doing. Of course. So um, some people from the Liberty Council got involved and they were going to come and basically, you know, set them right with the law. So that school year, um, I just kind of let it go. And um, after the first full year, I had nine students. <laughs> so it was just a complete failure because it was, you know, it was probably $3,500 I spent to do that. Well, nine students isn't a complete failure. You know, every single one is a soul and Jesus would leave the 99 for the one. So that's not a complete failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So through the course of the year, what I did is I developed three more teams to go into three more schools because we'd already given, we'd already been given uh, or granted access to go in. And so um, I developed three teams. And then that year, they, the clubs just exploded. 2013. So it's been, it's been a few years back, but one of the schools, I, I think it was Dabney Elementary, they had 53 students by November registered. Wow. I mean, they really, they really took off. In the last school year the, uh, that they were in school, 2019, 2020 school year, they ran in five schools there. So it really, it really turned out to be a really big thing. Yeah, we, we founded Public School Outreach Ministries in 2010. That's amazing. Bringing Jesus into the public school systems. I just love that. Lots of testimonies there. Matter of fact. Ooh, testimonies are my favorite. Tell us some. So the first two kids that came, uh, they didn't go to church. And I was kind of like, I, I was wondering you know, uh, why they were there. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, just, they weren't the churchy kind of guys. But anyway, um, we had one meeting and the next meeting we're in the circle um, praying. And the, the, uh, the guys, the guy that was in kindergarten, he prayed for a gun so he could bust a cap in his friends, you know, uh, what? <laughs> you know, and this, this is where this kid was. That's hilarious that he prayed that God will give him a gun so he could shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah. That is straight up hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he came straight from the heart, though, you know, <laughs> he didn't mince any words. <laughs> <laughs> he was just keeping it real. You know, God knows our heart. That's uh, that's who this kid was. And uh, I guess it was, I don't know, um, three or four months into that school year or after he'd come and his mother came and said, you know, hey, there's something going on. Uh, I don't think she mentioned his name, but uh, with her son. And uh, she said that what um, he would do is he'd get them all in a circle and pray. So the next school year, you know, they were, they were coming in the next school year and she came in and they had started going to church. The kid was a uh, playing preacher. All he wanted to do was play church and, and be the preacher. He went from gangster to godly. <laughs> and uh, towards the end of that school year, um, she was a mother of four and uh, she, she didn't have a job. And so um, what she did is she started going back to school and she got a job and the whole, so her, so the, the oldest was in uh, second grade. And then the youngest, the, the middle, one of the middle children was in kindergarten that year. And then there was two other children that she had. They, they all end up coming and it changed the whole family around. I mean, they're doing, they're doing really well now. It's just, it's just amazing what the spirit of Jesus Christ does 
in a family. I love that. I love hearing stories where God transforms. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of testimonies. I mean, principals would go in and pray with the kids. I mean, that really, that really did a lot for some children watching the principal come in and pray with them and stuff like that. It really gave them some good foundation of Christ in their lives. And we pray that this continues, that these Bible clubs continue to grow. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice. And so part part of the reason why I'm wanting to get an office so that I can make it easier for organizations to do stuff like this. You know, right now, like we we've tried to go back in advance into uh, Wake County and it's just a it is an ironclad door shut right now. And, you know, people in the school system, you know, they're they're worried about getting sued and you know, they have there's there's just a lot of stuff that goes on to prevent, you know, people from getting there and help helping kids in this in this area of their lives. Oh yeah. The enemy doesn't want these young minds that are so impressionable to know about Jesus, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Scott, you're currently running for legislator and you know, there's many motives on why politicians run for office, but what is it that drives you? There is a a lot of things first, you know, to bring a conservative vote back here, you know, kind of reining things in. I really want to have intercessors pray at the legislative building. I think that, I think that's what really changes things is prayer. Amen. You know, I could go on and on about what I'd like to see happen. And during the summers, typically they didn't have them this year that I knew of, but they, the kids go off to camp and they have these, these camps that kids go off to and they come back. A lot of times they are radically changed, you know? And so I would, I would like to be able to find a way where more kids that don't have the opportunity to, to go can go. And um, there are a lot of uh, faith-based organizations that do a lot with uh, with kids and youth and stuff. And I would like for there to be entities in the community that, you know, put out information um, where these kids could go and do things. You know, it's, it's some of the things that they do is amazing. Now, there's a program called uh, Civil Air Patrol, and a child can literally go there and get their pilot's license. You know, the only thing they would pay for is their uniform, you know, to go, you know, and they get promoted. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of really cool stuff that goes on. And uh, a lot of people, they don't they just don't even know about it. And, um, you know, where where we are with a lot of things that they talk about, man, a lot of these programs can really, really help break, say, systemic poverty or something like that. There's a lot of different avenues where we can really reach out to the community and help out in a lot of different ways. And that that would be through um, the word that I got about, you know, con, you know, get, having contacts with the right people. Right. God opening up doors, strategic doors for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Some of these kids, they go, they get involved in church and it just it changes their lives. You know, you, you, some of these kids growing up in these communities, they're, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old and they suffer with PTSD. Because of the things that they see and they, they think that's what they think that that what's going on in their little neighborhood is what life is. And it's, it's just not, you know, and the, a lot of those, those cycles um, that can be very easily broken by just getting those kids out into the different parts of the community. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So right now with finances, with everything shut down and then, you know, all the money going into the communities for, for different things to keep things going. The amount of uh, debt that we're getting to is is huge. Before going in, you know, it was hard to sustain, you know, the school system, the road projects. You know, and this was before all of this. And uh, when you go and you start looking for things, there's not a lot of accountability. 
So that was one of the things um, they've got programs that they put into universities that account for every single penny that goes in and comes out, including salaries, vendors coming in and out, you know, contracts when they're building, you know, you can account for, for everything. And so I would like to see that inside of our, uh, you know, our school systems, our, our budget for uh, our local community and the state community. I think that would be a great thing. So everybody could see, what was going on. And then, you know, we really have to look at what we're doing differently. You know, I, I, before all this happened, I signed a pledge that I wouldn't raise taxes. You know, if we don't want our taxes to go through the roof, trying to catch up with what has gone out with this uh, pandemic, we have to learn how to make money with the assets that we have. The government has got a lot of assets that uh, lie dormant. I mean, there's there's a lot of money to be made with the assets that we have, including like, you know, running ads through schools, you know, governed by a principal and the PTA. There's just, there's just a lot of things that we can do to, to put in place um, as far as, you know, reining in what's being spent and also being able to uh, raise funds so that things can keep going without us just being crunched by debt. I mean, we're, we're in a lot of debt right now and, and it's, you know, it's kind of unprecedented where we're going. Right. And uh, yeah, something's got to change there. Another thing is, is, you know, education. I'd like to, I'd like to see kids see what it would be like to get out in the professional environment, um, do a lot of internships with the ninth, uh, 10th and 11th graders and the 12th graders and seniors. Um, I'd like to see that gap bridged. Um, I think that when a child is in high school and they're thinking about what they should do, it's, it's kind of daunting, you know, it's, it's a huge step from being in high school and your parents taking care of you to going out and having a career. And, uh, I think there's, there's a lot more that could be done for helping a child, you know, bridge that gap. So good. I know you originally didn't really want to get into politics, right? But you felt that God was calling you to step in and to make a difference. God is calling you to government to be a man of influence. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, God, I'm going to, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to do it. People start praying and, and we're moving. Wow. <laughs> the main uh, word that I've got that I hold on to is that I'm going to be able to connect with a lot of people. And, you know, what that means to me is, you know, it, you know, just on a very basic level, it's just having, you know, intercessors come into the legislative building wherever I can and just have them pray. There's a lot going on in our communities. You know, they're talking about defunding the police and, you know, they need to have a better relationship with the police and they need to have better relationships inside of the communities, you know, meeting the right people that can really move things and connecting them with other people that can really move things, you know, would just be huge. Um, and that's, that's what I really hold on to, you know, making the contacts and being able to help bring people that are very capable to the forefront where they can do what God has where they could fulfill their mission here, you know, as well. Amen. Daily divine connections. Yeah. But reading the Bible, you don't see a lot of people inside government doing a lot, you know, except for maybe Daniel. So, you know, most most big movements of, of God come from, you know, mostly pretty obscure places. <laughs> God's very intentional and he sets it up that way because when it's all said and done, then he gets all the glory and we can't give ourselves any of the credit, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Leah. God definitely needs to have his rightful place in our country and our government. That's a big part of it is being able to have that that voice, that conservative voice, you know, for pro-life and uh, for the Second Amendment. There's there's a lot of things too. like a guy can use the bathroom with the girls. You know, it gets it's, it's ridiculous. And we hit this a, a few years back. 
Um, but, but it's important to have that vote in there where these things, um, don't happen. Don't, you know, just don't happen. That actually reminds me of when that first happened, um, you know, and there was unisex bathrooms. Um, I went to a place to eat in a different town with my friend and I had to use a bathroom and there was only one available and it had the emblem, you know, guy, girl shared. Right. And I remember having to wait for whoever it was that was going to come out. And this middle aged guy comes out of the bathroom and it was so awkward. It was the first time I followed a guy into the bathroom to use it. Right. (laughs) So I go in the bathroom and there's urine all over the seat. <laughs> I was like so upset. I said, this is why guys and girls do not share a bathroom. You know, guys just don't care. You know, it was all over the seat. I had to clean it up in order to use it. <laughs> That's crazy. What'd you do? I was just so upset. And I just remember telling my friend, I mean, this is why men and women do not share a bathroom. <laughs> Because guys are dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, they call it progressive because we're being progressive. Well, he needed to progressively wipe the seat down. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I'll tell you, the world is changing, Scott. We need men of God like you to make a difference, to step into office to allow God to use you mightily, you know, to bring back morality and to shift the atmosphere and to sign in laws that please the heart of God. Right. That's exactly right. Another thing is, is that, is that I really do want to allocate funds for faith-based organizations because there's a lot of phenomenal things that, that are going on, you know, that uh, God is doing. And, um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like God depends on, you know, the, the funds from the government to do that, but, you know, I'd really like to see those doors flung open wide where, uh, you know, the, the spirit of Christ won't be hindered, you know, anymore in, in a lot of different um, functions and areas that, you know, where, where things go on. With the children and the youth, I really believe that's where it makes a, the best impact, you know, making those connections where uh, kids can get involved in camps and, you know, kids can get involved in uh, youth groups and they can get involved, you know, so that their peers are Christians and, um, you know, in helping them move forward. And I think that, you know, a lot of that has to do them moving forward is, is the self-confidence, you know, which has to do with education, which has to do with, you know, them being able to do internships, you know, moving on with their lives um, so that they can, they can have a, a nice life and, and live the American dream. There's, there's a lot to do. There is the public school system and um, there's a lot of really good foundations that are laid that we, we can't just um, abruptly change, you know, as, as far as education goes, but that's, you know, all of that ties into the, the life of uh, a child in elementary school, middle school and high school. That's, that's a lot of what their life is involved in is education and, um, you know, seeing Christ be able to be involved there and, you know, without any kind of hindrance, I think that we should have the same freedoms as, you know, a jogging club, you know, you know, people are interested in jogging, you know, they have jogging clubs If people are are interested in Christ and, uh, with people, other people that are interested in that, they, they should be able to do that, you know, and then going into the, uh, the adult community, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of places where faith-based organizations help marriages, and there's would be very helpful, you know, substance. There's you know, battered women's shelters. I mean, there's just a, a, a gambit of you know things that the faith-based community does, where I believe that. 
they should have a lot more funding and a lot more freedom. But just bringing some common sense into, um, you know, like we want everybody wants health care. Well, you know, what you got to do is you got to change the uh, certificate of need laws so that you can have a certificate of need laws basically helps the healthcare system be a monopoly. And so if you could take it away, that monopoly away and let people compete, then it would drive the prices of healthcare down where, you know, the state would be, it'd be easier for a state to have a sustainable program. I mean, right now to have a healthcare program with the prices of pharmaceuticals and the, the cost of being in a hospital, it's not sustainable. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to, to see some of the decisions that they're making. Um, when it comes to health care, you can't just say, OK, we're going to have health care. We're going to vote for it without actually fixing it. So it's a sustainable program. Right, right. Well, I'm rooting for you, Scott. Thank you, Leah. Well, it's been so great having this conversation with you today. Is there any last thing that you'd like to say as we wrap up? Anything on your heart you'd like to share? Yeah, please, please, please get out and please vote. Please vote. It is so important. And, you know, was, you know, the way I look at it and, you know, you might have mixed views, but it's like it's like you have law and order and then you have anarchy. And it's, it's becoming, you know, it's, it seems like the, it's it's just come to that point. The left has just gone so far left. I'm running against Gail Adcock and, you know, she's one of those that she wouldn't vote for teachers to have raises. Teachers need raises. Yeah. You know, she voted for, you know, um, for universal health care, you know, Medicaid, Medicare and all that. You know, when the system is broken, you know, there's no there's no discussion about, hey, let's fix the system. It's just about, let's, you know, let's just, you know, irresponsibly vote for this broken program. You know, please get out and vote. Just that that would really that would really mean a lot. Of, I really believe if the Christians came out and vote, we could really um, see a bunch of conservative people come in and literally change uh, the atmosphere and the culture of our communities and and where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really believe um, there's a lot to integrity. I believe that there is a lot to people going out and working hard. Uh, I believe that um, people get you have a lot of self-dignity when you go out and you take care of yourself. You take care of your family. You work hard. Um, And I believe in those types of types of values. I think that they're very important. If you're not registered, you need to go register to vote. If you're not registered, you know, and it's not hard, you can get on your laptop, you can probably do everything online. So it's, it's very easy to do, but the stakes are so high. If you don't go out and vote, really, you have no right to complain. The 15 minutes it takes to cast your vote can make a difference. We need to take America back for God. You know, we need to humble ourselves and repent. Exactly. Being a proud American, it can be disheartening to see how they're trying to dismiss God and remove him from our country, right? It's like we want to remove God. We want to remove monuments. We want to remove prayer. We want to do all these immoral things and pass these laws, but we still want his hand of protection. You know, anytime there's a natural disaster and it's out of our control, the first thing people want to do is pray for God's help. But, you know, he has his hand of protection on America. He always has. You know, we have favor. We have financial favor. We're strong. We're protected. That's a scary move to wish that God would remove his hand of protection off of us, you know, but then ask for him to come back when we're in over our head, right? He's not a Santa Jesus and he needs to be put back where he belongs in our country. Exactly. This is a very scary move. And 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 I'm not kidding. We, a couple of votes down the line and we are not far from it coming all apart. I mean, the people in Venezuela never, ever thought that their government would come apart like it did, but it did because people didn't get out and vote. 
And they, you know, they, they started off, they took their guns and bam, 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 you know, they're a socialist country and it's absolute chaos down there. I mean, you look at some of the things going on in the, in parts of our country where the, the leadership just let our anarchy reign. That could very well happen here if the wrong people are in office. Really, Jesus is the only game changer. He's the only thing that can make America great again. You know, let me remind you, our hope does not lie in the next president. The enemy might have his own agenda, but we need to remember as Christians to not be afraid. You know, God is still in control and he's still on the throne. God tells us in Isaiah, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Only Jesus can turn things around and he alone can change hearts. He brings that security and that future and that provision that we seek. That's not to say that we sit back and not vote, but when voting, know who is in control and vote for things that please the heart of God. You know, my security doesn't hinge on who wins (laughs) because God holds the world and our future in his hands. So I vote Jesus every time. Speaking of this, I'm going to be at a huge prayer gathering. I even have family coming from California for this important event called The Return. It's going to be on September 26th in D.C. at the National Mall. This is an appointed time, and it's a specific day set apart for one purpose, the return of God by coming before His presence in humility, in sincerity, in prayer and repentance to pray for our country. God tells us, if we who are called by His name will humble ourselves and pray and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, then He will hear from heaven and He will forgive our sin and will heal our land. Yeah, that's exactly right, Leah. Our country was founded on Jesus Christ, and the Congress wrote Bibles to teach kids how to read. And our country flourished. We are a world power. We're, we're one of the youngest nations on the face of the earth, and we're a world dominant power because of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And we can't, you know, we can't forget that. We can't walk away from that. It's so important that this this culture moves back to God. Everything depends on it. Scott, would you pray a prayer of repentance for just our country as a whole? Whatever you feel led to pray. Well, Lord, I thank you for this time. And Lord, I ask that, that uh, Lord, I, I repent, Lord, for uh, the sin here in our country, Lord. And I, re- and I repent for the people that are involved in it, Lord. And Lord, I ask that, that uh, that as we humble ourselves, Lord, I ask that people see a difference. I ask that they, they feel your presence in, in a difference, Lord, so they can, they can stay in a repentant, humbled attitude, Lord, and have a deep fellowship with you. And Lord, I ask that you go before us in this time, Lord. I ask that you clear the barriers out of the way. And Lord, I ask that your all-consuming fire just burns up the chaff and everything in the way for your will to be done here, Lord Jesus. I ask for wisdom to understand that you're doing your thing as well, Jesus. And Lord, I ask that as as we're going through these times and as you're moving forward, Lord, I ask that, that we are able to come together and love and hold on to each other as your bride is being forged here. And Jesus, we love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Yes and amen. For those of you living in North Carolina in the District 41 area, and you want to learn more about Scott and his agenda, you can go to his website at scottpopulorum.com. He also has a meet and greet event happening this Tuesday night. He's going to be there to answer any of the questions you may have, get to know you. You can contact him through his website for all the details. 
Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.